was a good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is our co-pilot, Lil Barron. Hey. Lil. I know. It's another day. It's a beautiful day, <laughs> a right? wonderful it's day. It's a great day. So, hey, Lil, last week uh, in our episode, which was right. episode 301 for mm-hmm. those who are keeping track, we talked a little bit about heart disease yes. and how it is the number one cause of death around the world yes. by a long ways, not even close. You'll remember that we also shared some ideas on how we can lower our risk. Yes. So uh, th- th- that was good stuff, yes. I thought. Very it was good. good for me to hear as well. Uh, today, being that heart disease is so prevalent and so serious, I wanted to share just a couple of thoughts about warning signs that oh. maybe we ought to pay attention to. Okay. Now, this is from an article on Eat This, Not That Health. It's uh, called Health Heart Symptoms You Should Never Ignore. It's by Leah Groff, and uh, I, just, I just think that there's some good information that we ought to be aware of. Okay. She says, if you're having a heart attack, symptoms are usually strong, and they come on suddenly. You recognize you're having a heart attack in most cases. Unfortunately, when it comes to heart failure, the symptoms aren't so obvious, and they usually don't develop overnight. It takes time. And so um, one of the most important ways to take care of your heart health is to know some of the signs and symptoms. Right. And so I want to share just a couple of them. Okay. Number one, if you're having difficulty lying down and breathing simultaneously, that's, uh, that's a, oh. a warning sign that you need to be aware of. Hmm. So they say shortness of breath while lying down is one of the most common signs of heart failure. People with this condition often have to prop themselves up on pillows in order to sleep at night because when they lie flat, they feel like they're suffocating or they're drowning. So if you're feeling those things, oh. you probably ought to go to the doctor. In fact, they, they say, the, doc, the experts say if, you're ha- if you have to have two or more pillows to prop your head up so that you can breathe while you're lying down, uh, it may be a sign of heart failure and you really ought to go see your doctor right away. Wow. Don't wait on that one. That's one that you ought to look at immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, your legs are swollen. Yeah, so if you notice that your legs are starting to look unusually swollen, Sorry, I, <laughs> I see you peek. take a quick peek, right? I, had to. I think you're doing okay, but, but if, they, if they feel or if they look unusually swollen, it could be a sign of heart failure. Oh. Um, essentially, when the heart fails, it's not pumping blood the way that it's supposed to. That's according to Dr. Matthew Mintz, who is a primary care physician. Uh, he practices in Bethesda, Maryland. He says, this leads to a backup of blood in the circulatory system, which in turn causes fluids to seep out. And this excess fluid usually follows gravity. So your ankles and your legs swelling are usually the first signs. So if you're noticing that your ankles or your legs are starting to swell or any other part of your body for that matter, Uh you might want to take a trip to the doctor. Yeah. Just to to make sure, right? okay for right now. Okay. All right. I know you are. I know you are. Here's another one. You ready? Okay. Number three. You are fatigued. Oh. Now, we all feel tired sometimes, right? <laughs> okay, good. Like, the, the, just because you're feeling tired doesn't necessarily mean you have heart failure. But right. Dr. Mintz um, also points out that fatigue is another common symptom of heart failure. Uh, as your major organs and brain are getting less blood because, again, that heart is not pumping the blood right. that it needs to. Well, most of us are tired from time to time, of course. The Mayo Clinic describes fatigue as unrelenting exhaustion that lasts longer, is more profound, and isn't relieved by rest. So if that's where you're at, um, something you ought to be at least aware of. Uh, Again, if you're feeling unusually tired, especially if that is combined with a couple of the other 
symptoms that we just barely talked about, you should definitely make an appointment to see your physician. Oh, good. I only have one of those three. (laughs) (laughs) Just the tired one, right? (laughs) Like I said, I know we all feel that from time to time, but when it it gets chronic, maybe there's something to to be aware of. So I'll post a link to the rest of those warning signs in our show notes so you can follow up on those. Um, But today's guest, we want to get into that because this this is going to be a fun one. Today's guest is 68-year-old rock climber Deirdre Woolnick. And uh, this is amazing. This is just great. Deirdre was born in New York City. Uh, she's been a school teacher as a profession. She taught for 44 years. So wow. she's been making a difference in the lives of countless kids. After she retired, her son Alex introduced her to mountain climbing. Oh. And um, she... Uh, This this is so cool. This is just so cool. Uh, She's conquered many of the peaks in Yosemite, uh, including Snake Dyke, uh, Cathedral, and Yanaya. She is best known for being the oldest woman to climb El Capitan. Now, you know what El Capitan is, right? That is monumental. She did that at age 66, so just a couple of years ago. Wow, just amazing. She says training for marathons in her 50s helped her prepare for mountain climbing. And if rock climbing in your late 60s isn't enough for you, Deirdre is also, rightfully so, on our list of the fittest 50 over 50. Deirdre, Thank you for joining us today and welcome to the show. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, we're so happy to have you here. This <laughs> is amazing. This is just amazing. So you spent your career teaching school, which is awesome, by the way. Thank you for your yes. service there. That's fantastic. After you retire, your son says, hey, mom, you ought to take up rock climbing. Well, actually, no, I was still teaching. Oh, okay. (laughs) So you're still teaching. So you decided you wanted to kind of pursue it a little bit more heavily after you retired. Is that that fair to say? So talk a little bit about that. Like, how do you get into rock climbing? (laughs) Well, it helps. It helps if your son is the most famous rock climber in the world. (laughs) (laughs) There's a little something to that. And we have to make a distinction between rock climbing and mountain climbing. Okay. All right. So, so explain that to us. Cause that's, that's a distinction that maybe I'm not clear on to myself. Right. Right. When most people say mountain climbing, they mean mountaineering where you go up huge, you know, like Mount Everest, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. So you're walking on a trail up a mountain. Exactly. Yeah. There may be a lot of climbing, vertical climbing involved in that, but most of it is, and there's all kinds of, um, you use oxygen, you use gear, you use ladders, you know, things like that. That That's not what I do. Okay. okay. <laughs> By a long shot. I will never do any other. No, what I do is a rock climbing, which is, you know, vertical rocks. Oh. Um, you like, say oh. that like, like one is like, I feel like you're kind of downplaying that. Well, all I do is oh, the no, rock climbing. No, 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 no. That's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. Yes, I don't mean to downplay it at all. It's yeah, just, you should be. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're going up vertical rocks, like there, there is gear and there is technique and there is yes, expertise yes. involved in that. And you're dangling by ropes yes, well yes. above the ground. Oh, <laughs> I mean, but there are many differences. But it's not the Everest kind of climbing where it takes days and days and days. You know. Sure, sure. But uh, yeah, I got into it uh, kind of naturally. I mean, I was a climber when I was a little girl. And okay. I loved it, you know, trees and lampposts. I grew up in New York City, so a lot of trees, a lot of lampposts, a lot of garage <laughs> roofs, things like that. But I was supposed to be a little girl and wear dresses and behave myself. And, you know, so that, that went the way of the dodo bird for <laughs> for at least a little while. <laughs> Many decades, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I had this little baby boy who 
only wanted to climb, climb only climb. wanted to climb from the day he was born. That's all he ever wanted to do. And, and it just, you know, became part of our lives. And, but it wasn't really part of mine because I was too busy. I was a, a college professor. I was a writer. I was even a, an orchestra conduct, a conductor for four years and, and all kinds of things. I was a tour guide for a few years. I've done a lot of things. I was an independent publisher. So I was always very, very busy. And he, he, he would tell me things, you know, about their, his life and what adventure he had just been on. Yeah. What, what, you know, cause he travels all over the world with this for, And I was, I wanted to know more about it. So I wanted to be part of his life, you know, cause that's his whole life. Yeah. So I uh, started to learn how to climb. And, um, so was he, was he your teacher? Was he your teacher? No, no, not at all. No. He, he, <laughs> very, 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 no, not at all. Cause he's never here. And he's, yeah. old, he's always all over the world. So um, he took me to the climbing gym one day, you know, like back in 09. And um, just to show me what the gear is called, how to tie in, even how to put on the harness. Putting on a harness is really tricky if you don't know how to do it. I couldn't get it on the first time. Yeah. And, and, you know, how, to, how the gyms are set up, uh, you know, what to do, what not to do. And then he left. He left for, I think, he was, I think 2009 he was in Borneo or something like that. Borneo or, or uh, Siberia. He was gone. <laughs> he wasn't home. He was right, right. And so I, 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 I really agonized over whether I should go back because you know I would go. N- nobody encouraged this, <laughs> which is really sad. Well, it's nobody too bad, but I can understand that that, that w- my colleagues at at the college. It's you want to do what? Yeah, that's dangerous. Yeah, everybody has these preconceived notions about how dangerous climbing is. It's really not. Um, unless you do you know, like free solo, like my son does. Sure. Oh. Done, done, done appropriately, it's really quite safe. It is extremely yeah. safe. And, and I will never free solo, and I will never <laughs> without the ropes. And, and, you know, so, but, so I got no encouragement, but I really still wanted to be part of his life. So I, I went back to the climbing gym alone and uh, got a, you know, read to the stuff and started making friends. And yeah. that's how it started and grew and grew. I made friends and they became my mentors or, of, of sorts. So that's uh, how I got into it. And then, of course, it. once a year, uh, I get to climb with my son, which is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, my birthday's in September and, and coming up next week, in fact. And um, all the elite climbers of the world are in Yosemite in September training. Oh. And so I know he's always going to be available for a little birthday scramble. Well, and, and you'll be there too, one of the elite climbers yes. of the world right there with yes. the gang. But not this year. Uh-uh. I had my reservation and my pass and everything, and yesterday they closed Yosemite because of the smoke. Oh, oh because of smoke. Really? Okay. Oh, that's too bad. I was going to ask you about COVID-19, but it sounds like you've been able to do some activities independent. Yes, yeah, changed a lot. I've, I was supposed to be in France right now because my book, The, the Sharp End of Life, is, is being published in France and in Italy. And in Spain, uh, wow. and I was supposed to be there speaking and signing books and all wrong, but I can't go. Yeah, wow. there, there will there. We're going to get to the time when you're <laughs> going to be able to do that. I don't I know when so. it'll be, yeah. but we'll get there. I hope so. So I want to I want to dig a little bit more into this. Like you 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 alluded to the idea that no one is very supportive of right. a sixty right. year old woman deciding that she wants to be a rock climber. Right. Um, I mean, I, I, I can understand the, um, 
the barriers that you're running into, right? Yeah. So, so how did you just decide, I don't care what anybody thinks, I'm just going to do this. Like, how did you mentally prepare yourself to overcome that? Well, I've sort of always been like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've uh, always been kind of contrary. <laughs> and um, I know what I think. I know what I want. I know what I can do. And I, even when I was little, you know, I used to, when I was four and five, I would follow all, all the, the little boys up the trees and the roofs and stuff. Yeah. And, and I had no encouragement from them for sure. They didn't, you know, but, but I knew I could do it. And um, the same is true decades later. I mean, yeah. if you want to do it, the, I've just become uh, the senior spokesperson for La Sportiva. Do you know that company? I'm not familiar with that one. Well, Sportiva is uh, sort of a competition for the North Face. They make outdoor clothes, oh, okay. oh. outdoor gear. They make um, shoes for climbing, for hiking, you know, all that, trekking. And well, congratulations. That's a huge endorsement. Yes, it is. And um, they understand that it's so important that seniors are not represented anywhere in, yeah. in the outdoor world. I mean, people talk about access to the outdoor world for you know people of color, for indigenous people. Yes, great. But what about us? Yeah. We are we are almost a fifth of the entire population, and we're not in any climbing magazines. We don't show up in any sports magazines. Running, you know, if you look at all the sports magazines, all you see is these young, perfect bodies, and that's so incomplete. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree more. We we yeah. definitely experienced that uh, in a, in a broad sense at the yeah. World Senior Games where. Um, you know, this, this is a population that is underrepresented exactly. visually, but yes. certainly a presence, yes. <laughs> you know, as, as far as demographics are concerned. So I love that you and others, but you in particular are out there breaking barriers and, and making things available and accessible. Um, I, I do want to get just a little bit into some of the technical aspects of climbing. Um, you know, you talked about the harness and being able to put that on right. You know, I, I, I'll say... I have never rock climbed up, but okay. I've done quite a bit of rappelling down. So okay. some some similar equipment and, and yep. things. And, and I can definitely relate to that idea of a harness can be a little bit intimidating. You know, I used to do a lot of it uh, several years ago. And then I just, you know, I got busy and I made my excuses or whatever. But I pulled out my harness just two weeks ago. And I was going to go with, uh, with some friends uh, rappelling again. We weren't uh, climbing up, but we were just coming down. And it didn't fit me anymore. <laughs> I was like, what has happened over the past 10 years? I couldn't even get into it. So I had to use a, a, another one that we had, one that I was less familiar with. And I definitely wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one looking at it to make sure I had all the, mm-hmm. all the straps on right. So, yeah, yeah. so when, you're, when you're climbing, obviously, you, you mentioned a harness, which is kind of a, it's like a, it's an apparatus that goes around your body, around, around your, the lower half of your body. Uh, and then you've got other equipment that goes with that. Talk a little bit about some of the equipment and how you would use that going up a, up a cliff face. Okay. Um, normally, you climb with your hands and your feet on the rocks. You know What I did on El Capitan was um, different. That's called, uh, they, climbers call it jugging. The real term is jumaring or jumars. The, a jumar is like a huge metal handle. And it's a gizmo <laughs> right. handle. And it has teeth in it, in it. You can open the teeth, close the teeth. So you attach this to the rope and you can push it up the rope. You can slide it up and then the teeth engage and it won't come down. Okay. These hand, you have one handle for your right hand and for your left hand. And 
with straps, you know, slings, these handles, these jumars attached to to your harness. So you can rest, you can lean back and sit on it. Enjoy the view. And to your feet. And so what happens is you raise the right one and you have to raise your right foot at the same time. Then you stand on that and you basically ladder your way up the rope. Mm-hmm. But it's different from a real ladder in that it's it's not hard like a ladder. So when you stand on it, <laughs> the first time I ever tried it in the, in the climbing gym, I discovered this the hard way. When you stand up on the right foot or left foot, your body tilts back right because it's rope right it's rope (laughs) you go horizontal (laughs) but you're supposed to stay vertical well you need you know core strength to do to stay vertical and arm strength oh it was such hard work i had no idea what was involved before i started training for it (laughs) such hard work but so so we spent a lot of time on the show um kind of talking about health and wellness issues and one of the things that we do talk about is uh, resistance training and strength training. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about your your regimen. Is is your strength training coming solely from the act of climbing, or do you, do you do other things to enhance that? Um, well, until recently, it was all from climbing, climbing and running. Uh, running is a very good preparation, or not not really running. I don't go fast, but jogging. Sure. Um, I've done you know, marathons and half marathons and stuff, but very slowly. <laughs> And that's okay. (laughs) Exactly. Because it's for endurance. It's for cardio training, you know? And when I was going to do El Cap, for example, um, I trained for like 18 weeks, like a college course, you know, 18 weeks Yeah. and, and three days a week and different one day cardio and two days, uh, Jumaring up ropes, you know? Okay. So it's basically endurance training. You know, most of climbing is endurance training. There's also strength training. I never had time for that. Yeah. <laughs> I never really had time for that. You know, I it was all I could do to, to make time for the climbing, you know, because I have a lot of different jobs. <laughs> and yeah. So, um, so, no, most of my training is from climbing and, oh, and running, like I said. Yeah. So I want to help everybody understand and put this in perspective. It's very easy to just throw the phrase out there. Oh, I climbed El Capitan, you know, <laughs> even though we've seen yeah, it in pictures, <laughs> yeah, we've, we've seen it in pictures and we know that it's a big rock or whatever, but h- how tall is El Capitan? It's about 3,200 feet tall. 3,200 wow. yeah. vertical yeah. feet. Yes. And one step the, at a time. And the first time I, Try uh, using Jumars, you know, to learn how. Um, before before the eighteen weeks, um, I went to the gym to try it. You know, they let me yeah. set up in the gym. It, it, it is dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. So they sure. set up with ropes and stuff. And the first time I got on it, I I must have gone maybe ten, twelve feet above the ground, and I was absolutely you were worn out. I was beat up. I had bruises already on my chin. <laughs> my fingers were, were bleeding already. Um, it's a really physical sport. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to approach it little by little. You know, yeah. Yeah. Anybody, I've always believed this, even when I was little, following the little boys up the roofs and stuff. Sure. Anybody can do anything they really want to do if they approach it by baby steps. I think that's great advice for like climbing, 
Yeah, <laughs> and I think has great advice for life. Yes, exactly. And baby steps is the key to just about anything you want to do. And if you want it badly enough, you'll just do it. You'll do the baby steps and graduate little by little. That's amazing. Yeah. That's great, great advice. So you, so you start out your very first experience. You're you're up ten feet. Um, you're realizing, wow, this is hard. This is a really lot of hard. work. Yeah. I got I got to assume you came back down. There had to have been some disappointment there. Um, a little bit. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but you, but you, you got back on the rope, so to speak, literally and, and metaphorically and uh, kept at it. So, so it, it, you, you took that 18 month time to, to really get prepared and get ready to go three times a week, like you said. 18 weeks. Excuse me, 18 weeks. Uh, sorry, 18 weeks. Yeah. And then uh, three times a week or so, you'd get into the gym, you'd just keep working. When did you kind of break through and be like, you know what, I think this is possible. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this. Like, when did that happen? It was a very solid progression. For a few weeks, I went to the gym, you know, with my friend, and we, he, he belayed me, and, and I, I slogged up that wall. <laughs> yeah, the first time, first time, when you leave the ground, you immediately start spinning because there's not, you know, it's a rope. Because you're on a rope, um, right? Free <laughs> hanging rope. And you start spinning and that, that made, it made me nauseated. And, uh, and then I, you know, after that 10 or 12 foot fiasco, I came down and, and I started doing the arithmetic. Okay. The wall at the gym was 25 feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> I had done half of that. Yeah. Um, tired and beat up and bleeding and, and I, I needed to go 3,000 feet. <laughs> yeah, you got a long ways to go. From yeah, yeah. So I went home and I, and I made charts. I did the math. You know, I, how many weeks would this take if I did this, if I did that, you know. And after a few weeks, I started going outdoors on trees. I mean, pe- pe- people I knew had trees in their yard that yeah. were suitable, that were tall enough, you know, solid enough. And I would do that for a while. And then I did smaller things. And then my son invited me he lives in las vegas and, and i was there visiting and he invited me to go outdoors to try a rope he and his friends were all going climbing and that's not my league at all <laughs> you know when they go climbing it's not the same you as what zip, i go climbing. Zip right up the, zip right up the and, yeah when he climbs with me it's babysitting for him <laughs> So he said, well, mom, you should come along. There's a photographer's rope hanging down in the front of this cave where we're going to be climbing. So I said, okay, photographer's rope. It's not going to be that bad. <laughs> so we went, we, when we got like within eyeshot of this cave, which was way far back in this valley, gully, whatever, I looked up and I saw this rope hanging in front of this massive cave about a thousand feet up. Yeah. I'm thinking to myself, oh, please, God, please don't let that be the rope. Please don't let that be the one. Because <laughs> it was hanging out over a thousand feet of air. Ooh, sorry. Yeah. It was hanging out over a thousand feet of air. And I didn't say anything. I, 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 Alex knows me. He knows what I can yeah. do. He, he knows how capable I am or not. <laughs> so, so I followed these guys up the, this ravine through all the cacti. And, and we finally got to this cave, which was indeed a thousand feet up. It was quite a hike. And I got on this rope. And as soon as you leave the ground of the, the floor of the cave, you're, it's, you swing out and you're yeah, hiking yeah. over a thousand feet of air. I was absolutely terrified, terrified. I got up maybe five feet and I came back down. Yeah. And I tried it again when the photographer was not using it. I got up another 10, 12 feet, came back down. 
because I, I was spinning around in the air, getting nauseated and, and terrified. And wow. That was my first in, initiation to outdoor Jumarin. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. We've only got about 10 seconds, but I'm just curious, when you did climb El Capitan, that's, that's just a couple of years ago that you did it, yeah. how long did it take you from bottom to top? Um, 13 hours. Wow. wow. Most people, even the elite climbers, take like four or five days. Yeah. When you go with Alex, you go really fast. Go fast. <laughs> he holds all the speed records. So you know, 13 hours up and six hours down. Wow. wow. Deirdre, let me just say congratulations yes. to you on breaking you. through these barriers, these stereotypes. What an inspiration. Thank you so much for joining us today. Best yes. of luck with your book and COVID-19 and everything that you're working on. Um, this, you're just an amazing, amazing example. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. Lil. Yes. That was awesome. Yes. Hey, if you, if you found uh, Deirdre as inspiring as I did, and yes. she's amazing, you want to head over to the50over50.com. You can find more athletes. You can vote for your favorite rocker. Uh, and then we're also looking for nominations for change makers in right. the world. So right. uh, check that out, the50over50.com. The 50s are numbers. Right. So the50over50.com. Yep. We want to remind you to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time uh, on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We, of course, take this live show and turn it into a podcast, and you can subscribe to this podcast pretty much anywhere the podcasts are found. You can find this as well as previous shows right on our website at seniorgames.net, so check that out. Today's inspirational thought, okay. Lil, All it right. comes from the American storyteller Mark Twain. Okay. You know, it's got to be clever, right? Yep. He says, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. That's very true. Until next Thursday, stay active. Stay active.